Hey friends, Mina here. Just jumping in here to let you guys know we have something so exciting. It's a free masterclass and we created it just for you right now. We keep getting questions. How do I pivot and sell right now? The number one question we get is how can I make more sales? And so we want to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. So if you want this totally free masterclass that we've created for product-based businesses, head over to pivotandsell.com. We'll see you in there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline and Mina from the Product Boss Podcast. And today we want to talk to you about the eight top tips to managing working from home and balancing back to school during COVID-19 in 2020. Yes. So Jacqueline, since this is our very first YouTube live, which is super exciting. So thank you everybody for tuning in. How do we want to format this? Do you think? Right. So first and foremost, I just want to tell you that we are Jacqueline Amina. We are the co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based business owners build profitable businesses with strategies for improving their systems, growing their visibility, and ultimately making more sales. And by the end of this video, we hope that you are going to take some of these tips, walk away and feel a little bit more secure and have a plan set for how you're going to manage either working from home or continuing to work while balancing what's going to happen with kids going back to school. So whether your kids are going to go back to school full-time, part-time, or completely virtually, we are going to help you figure out what to do next right now. Yes. So let's jump right in. So the first thing is that you should be flexible. We are in the time of COVID, the time of 2020. We've never done any of this. So you really have to remind yourself to be flexible and to figure out how this year is going to look like for you where it might not have looked that way in previous years. Right. So being flexible, what does that look like? What is What does being flexible mean for you? Well, one, you need to realize that what you're used to, right? Like morning wake up routines, um, breakfast, you know, when TV time is, when you're working, your typical schedule, it has to be flexible. You have to bend with what's happening. This is unprecedented times. We're all navigating this together and we need to be able to allow for flexibility. And I think that also includes the workload for your student right? For your kids. So if you're managing homeschooling and there is the whole list of all the things they have to get to, some days you're going to win. Some days are going to feel awesome. Mm -hmm. You're going to get through all of it and have time to spare. And some days there's going to be pushback and you're going to look at that and you're going to say, what do we need to get done today? And what can we put off and get done on another day, you know, on a Friday? I know our school district is going to have Fridays off or on weekends or 
does it even need to be turned in? And is it something that's really essential for your child to do right now? Yeah. And I think that we all know that things tend to be imperfect when you're trying to teach your own kids. So really thinking about, okay, on those days when maybe, you know, the the electricity goes out or the dishwasher breaks or different things that might um, snowball into more things, then that way you can be flexible with being at home, but also with that routine that you've set for homeschooling. Right. And then the other side is that you're going to want to organize your work schedule and whether, again, you're working from home or if you have to go into the office or if you work for someone else, if you don't only work for yourself, you're going to have to be flexible at how you work around your children's schedule, your childcare, you know, if there's childcare that you're looking for, um, if you have a spouse or a family member that's going to help you with your kids, right? So there's going to be the flexibility there. And I believe that a lot of bosses are going to be understanding. And we work with a lot of product-based businesses that are their own businesses. And so again, things that you're used to doing may not be the same. But what I want you to do is think about when do I have to reserve that time for the things that you need to be distraction-free for? right? So those are the things that you're going to want to protect and, and be flexible and say, okay, this is the time I need that's distraction free. But then there's other times that you might be like, okay, I'm going to work and the kids are going to be around, or I'm going to have to kind of be cross doing things. And can we do this together and just kind of just take a breath and breathe? Yeah. Which brings us to our next thing. And uh, Jacqueline kind of dabbled in that big point of establishing a schedule. So this is really important. As we mentioned before, we are business partners, podcast co-hosts together, but we live in different states. Jacqueline is in New Jersey. I am in Iowa. I also have a home setting that's different than Jacqueline's. For instance, my husband is a, a essential worker and he's working half from home and half out of the home for example. And with hers, her husband is at home. So really thinking about that schedule and how that's going to change with all the people that are going to be in the house with you, with your kids, your spouse, perhaps your business partner, yourself. So thinking about, okay, what is the schedule going to look like and how am I going to literally pen to paper, establish that schedule so we can think about how our lives are going to proceed for back to school. Right. So sometimes we time block. So Mina and I own two businesses, plus we both have two young children and Mina's husband works as a frontline worker, as well as in one of their businesses. My husband is home, but does have a business that he's starting to try and get up and running from home. So we each need our own personal time for our business to work. There will also be time for self-care that we need. And then there's a time that we need to be there for our children, whether you're taking them to school and they're on a limited schedule. I know here in New Jersey, there might be um, half days. I'm not sure about your schools. Are they half days or full days? It's full days, at least for two days. Okay. So when and if you decide to send your children back to school or they are going back to school, those are the days that you get a lot done, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the days that you block out and you're like, these are my days of work that cannot be interrupted. Then if there's the other days that require you to be available to your business, to your job, and to your children, that might be where you have to swap times with your spouse, Mm -hmm. um, that you might have to work your schedules around each other. Or for example, for me here in New Jersey, we're still pretty isolated and quarantined, but we are in a pod with a neighbor family. And I know that they guarantee each other two hours a day. 
that they give each other taking full responsibility for the kids and one gets two hours. And now we've been switching off with kids, but we know what our schedule is and we know what we can expect. So if we have to plan for something, we could easily say, okay, I know I get my, I get 11 to one tomorrow and every day. And I can do these things from 11 to one. Right. We work with a lot of clients that might be working from home, but also might have a team out there, right? So we saw when COVID first happened that they had to kind of figure out what their team looked like as well. So establishing establishing the schedule also means what that looks like for your team and for yourself. So with us, myself and Jacqueline, our team is each other. So when our clients who have multiple employees, five to six employees, 30 employees, they really had to consider, okay, I have to now take on the role that I used to take. Maybe I'm shipping now, maybe I'm dropping off or doing the things that they used to do when they first started their businesses, even though they're at a further point in their businesses because of the times. The same goes for if you're working at home. This might look like where Jacqueline and I have to flip our schedules to where our kids were very young and they came with a lot of attention and time that they needed, right? Now our kids are older, but they're not going to school. So they do need that homeschooling time if we do intend to homeschool them. So does that mean that we have to flip our schedules to back then, right? Are we staying up later? Are we getting up earlier? Are we establishing our routine to make it look different? Because we've been there before. We're not there now, but we might have to go back there because of the way the times are. And the next thing about establishing a schedule is also front facing to your customers. So if you decide that you're only going to ship twice a week or three times a week, establish that into your schedule, right? If you do client meetings or your, we're Mm -hmm. speaking mainly to products. So if for product based, but let's say you have to have meetings with vendors, can you block your meeting days where you need quiet time to be on a phone call to a certain time? If it's shipping, are there only a few days that then you're focusing on shipping and you need to get that to UPS or USPS, or there's a pickup that you have scheduled. And the same goes for if you do have a team and your team member has children, for example, they Mm -hmm. also, depending on where they are, if they're virtual or if they're local, they're also going to be balancing their own thing. So how are you all flexible with each other and what kind of schedule can you create? Right. So that brings us to our next thing is once you figure out what your schedule is, you need to communicate that schedule with all parties involved. So it's front facing and internal. Yeah, that's, I think the reason why you write it down is because you can go off of there. It, be, it becomes like an informal standard operating procedure moving forward, right? An SOP. Every business has an SOP to get everybody aligned with your efforts and streamlined in a certain way where you can be like, oh, I understood why we did it this way, right? You figured it out. So now that the, uh, the you've established the schedule, communicate that schedule in a SOP, if that's what it requires, even if it's your husband, even if it's your kids, because they need to know what the schedule is in a way that it's very um, visual to them, that they understand it, they can see it, they know what's going to happen, and it gives them a direction. Right. So that might be sharing a Google calendar together. That Mm -hmm. might be writing something down on paper or having a dry erase board. That might be a team board that you have with your team where you're using Asana 
or Dubsado or some sort of team management software. So you want to communicate that schedule and you also want to protect your time. So if there is time where you are the parent that's in charge of some kid duties and you need to work and people need things from you, you need to also establish what's an emergency, what can be interrupted. You may actually have to physically remove your phone from or put on do not disturb or not be pulled back in to work items. And so that schedule needs to be communicated with yourself with boundaries as well as for your, your team or your family. So some ways that you might be able to do that is you let your kids know if they're young, they might need signals, right? They might be like, when mom's wearing this baseball hat, mom is working. You can't disturb her until the hat comes off. It might be, Mina, you get notes under your door, right? When the door is shut? Yes. So I shut my door. That's a signal that I'm either recording or that I'm working, but I always get notes under the door. They used to try to voxer me because my oldest is nine and she would try to voxer me, but I'm on a do not disturb. So now I get notes under the handwritten notes. Sometimes I know what they say and sometimes I don't, but that's their, hey, we want to communicate with you. Usually it's, can we have a popsicle? It's been these days. (laughs) All right. So number four tip is give grace, give yourself some grace to let some things go. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's just letting certain things go that we used to feel like we had, or we thought we had control over. And now it's just, are we making it through the day? Is everyone safe (laughs) and healthy? Is my business still running? Okay. We're good to go. Yeah. And I think that when you communicate that schedule, the reason why you do it is because it provides some structure. Now, is that structure always what it's going to be? No. Even, you know, it, it, it seems easier in schools because there are certain days they have math, certain days, you know, certain hours, they have a PE, things like that. It's very structured. There's a reason why did they do that. It's because they have a whole bunch of kids they have to corral. So in that normal life, yes, the kids thrive on structure. They thrive on routine, but they're also with their parents. (laughs) So sometimes you have to let things go. Plus, there's only so many things one person can do. So if that means laundry isn't getting done, dishes aren't getting done, um, you know, things aren't happening the way that you want them to be, it's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Is everyone safe? Is everyone healthy? Are things okay? Yes. There are a lot more toys and a lot more places in my house than were ever allowed prior to this. So that's the same thing with also just educating your children or getting them to school on time or just the things that are going to happen that you're just going to have to let some of these things go and tell yourself, I'm doing the very best that I can and that's enough. Yep. So Number five, this is something that some of you might be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea or maybe not, but include your children in your business. So are there things that they can help you with? Can they help you tape boxes? Can they count something inventory for you? Even if it's not even necessary that you need that actual number, but you're giving them something to do. How can you include them in your business so that they start to feel like this is a family business or I'm helping mom out? Or, you know, do you remember when you were younger? I don't know. You your, I know where your parents didn't work in an office, but it was like, go to the office with your parent day. Mm-hmm. Right. And you kind of felt like you got to do something different. Yeah. I would say if you're having them help you, if they're not old enough, make it things where it's okay if they fail, you know, and I say that fail as in it, there's no 
failing or succeeding. You don't need the data they're giving you. Yeah. And and then who cares what happens? Like, for example, I would stop myself from helping my kids empty the dishwasher because I didn't want them to break anything. But you know what? Who cares? Like, literally, you know, if they break something, we clean it up or, you know, um, those dishes were just not meant to be with us you know, so let them go. Yeah. Let it go. Same with business. If it's something that they're younger and you think that it should be done a certain way, like shipping or a label needs to be put on there super correct, or something needs to be taped on there. It's fine. It's okay to give them certain things that they can put their own spin to. Right. So see how you can bring them in. My kids come into my office. I'm like, find all the post-its or let them draw on the dry erase board that's in Mm -hmm. my office. Or I have a foot massager under my desk. And so when they come in here, they get to massage their feet or they pull out the fabric. So little things like that, but it sometimes it feels good to have them around and then they get to see what you're doing and understand what you're doing when your door is closed or when you have your special hat on. So the next tip that we want to talk to you about is to use physical tools. So what does that mean, Mina? Yeah, I put this, I really, when I was thinking about this was because they are very much clear indicators of whether or not you're working. Something physical and tangible and self-explanatory is much easier um, to for children. So if that means using a physical tool like a folder, right? My daughter at school has must-do, may-do folders. Must-do means the things that she must do. Then she can move over to the may-do folder. Those are things that you may do if you have extra time from the must-do. Also, a timer, a physical timer that dings is so much better than, hey, let's, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, right? Same goes with the... um, the visuals of a school, right? Like if you have a designated area for the kids to go to school, it will help them in that physical movement of their body to get themselves in that mode. It's just like us having a desk, you know? And it may be the same idea for you to have like that ding for you of when you have to end work. So if you're going to go school bell, right? Work bell. For everybody, (laughs) mom needs two hours to go downstairs and do whatever it is in her business. When it dings that you also commit to your children, which I know that I am not that great at, so I think I'm going to incorporate this more into my life, but that they, everyone knows, okay, it rang, we're moving on with our Mm -hmm. day. I gave myself that time. Right. And then um, it could be, you know, when you think about all of these, there's lots of moms that they have, I don't know where they find them, but I thought this was brilliant. They don't let their kids come out until a certain light comes on, like it's red or it's green. Didn't work for my kid. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the bell is brilliant. Even when we have a bell, there's two bells at school. Remember, there's the warning bell and then there's the, your late bell. Right. So even that for you, like, oh, warning bell, I need to close everything up, hit save, do all the things, you know, clean up my desk because they actually have to clean up their desk every day. Right. And then, um, then it's the move on bell. Right. Right. Okay. Tip number seven, we want you to work smart. So be proactive in being organized and efficient right? We want you to be proactive in all this. Block out days like we talked about in the very front of this or in the very beginning of this. Keyword proactive. The the hardest things happen when you're reactive because you always feel like, oh, the world is happening to me. The day is 
you know, rolling over me. Where did the time go? But if you're proactive about being organized, even if things happen, you're just in that mode of, okay, I planned out this. I know, you know, worst case scenario, this is this. I'm moving this. Even if you blocked out your day, sometimes it doesn't happen, but at least you have further ones out that you have blocked out for other things too. So it's just really about being proactive and that's a way of being smarter about it versus reactive. Right. And in this, in being proactive, we also, and it goes back to the scheduling, we also want you to schedule in self care time. So be proactive (laughs) in maybe when you do get those two hours that you trade with your spouse or the kids Mm -hmm. are going, maybe that's when you say, you know what, I'm going to work out this morning, take a shower then I'm going to get to work, but you've built it in. You're being proactively there for yourself too, because people often say, you know, it's that idea of on the plane where they like first put your mask on and then put the mask on to the person, you know, your child or the person you're taking care of. It's that same idea. We have to protect our mental health. This is unprecedented. These are things that are a lot of balancing. There are parents I know that have it way worse that have to go physically work and they don't have the ability to have their kids educated or, or have extra help. So I know that we're talking from a perspective of being very lucky, but if you can, no matter where you are, schedule in that time to take care of yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. If you don't schedule it in, you're not being proactive enough about it. This is something that is a weak point of myself and Jacqueline is that we don't schedule it in enough. We're not proactive enough about it because you better bet that we feel that reactiveness of our bodies being like, ooh, I'm so achy or, oh, I didn't rest up enough. I didn't drink enough water. I didn't go on enough walks. I didn't clear my head enough. I didn't take time for myself. And that is the reaction of your body telling you your energy is really low and you were not proactive in taking care of yourself. So my husband, this is like a bonus uh, tip, but my husband says just 1% better. So he wanted to meditate more. And so he's Mm -hmm. just like two minutes of meditation once a day, or he wanted to start journaling. So he literally just sets it for two minutes because it's easier instead of saying, I'm going to write five pages in this journal. I'm going to meditate for 15 minutes a day. He was able to just kind of ding. He could pull that two minutes together. So just think 1% better. All right. So final tip, tip number eight, this is a big one, build in support and help. So help and support and put it into your plan. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Mina and I are, like we said, in very different places in the country and we have, I'm by, I don't have family where I am. Mina is, lives pretty close to her family, right? Yeah, I do. So. My parents are moving even closer, but you know, I think with every single one of us in the nation, we had to decide who we're going to be exposed to basically and who are not. So I'm mitigating the risk. This is what I call it by being exposed to my immediate family because I need them for my emotional and mental health because I love them and miss them. And in order for me to get out of pandemic days, I feel like I need that, right? So that's my way of um, moving forward. But that support is really one that you have to kind of wrap your mind around. Like, what does that look like? For me, just it it was the decision of, do I see them or do I not see them? There is one of my sisters that hasn't seen any of us. Oh yeah. None of us. When that is. (laughs) You do. (laughs) And she is not a risk taker of any sort. She hasn't, I mean, we, I don't even think we're going to see her this year. She also lives in the same town with the rest of us and everything. So it was really is a personal decision for each one of you, what that support looks like and how you want it to happen. So it's going to be first at home. 
So having these conversations and negotiations with the other adults in your house, or maybe you have older children in your house, maybe you've got teenagers that can help and that you can, you know, so think about the people within your house that can support you all can support each other in giving each other time or managing, or how are you helping clean up the house? Are there days for that? Is someone watching if you've got younger kids or helping educate them or taking them to school? Then there's the idea of, are people going to come into your house? So do you have, so for example, where I am and we're pretty strict, I probably would be the sister that didn't see the family if I lived by my family. (laughs) but because of the way we quarantine separately, but with my neighbor, we're swapping every morning. We've decided that, well, actually we watch her older kid while her baby naps for a couple hours. And then Mm -hmm. they will take our kids for a couple hours and then we build it in. And my husband and I have also built in our our own schedule. So it's actually been working really well. And then during the school year, there's the idea of pods and there's some families that are going to be taking all the kids and educating them or paying a college student or paying a teacher or somebody to come in and teach the children, right? And giving Mm -hmm. parents that time. What we may end up doing is educating our own kids, but then having a pod that we do social activities with where the kids can go socialize with each other. So we're all going to have these different experiences and different ways of managing this. But the idea is that you will need to build in support and figure out what the plan is. And we are planning now. Yeah. There was one of our clients this morning at um, our Bosses and Breakfast. We have a live call um, on Wednesdays. And she talked about teacher consultants. This is something that's new that I'm loving the idea of where teachers consult with parents and tell them what they need to do. Even if we don't have an outside person coming in, that additional support of, let's say, me not hiring the tutor or the outside person to come in, but to have that teacher consultant where she says, here's the criteria and the curriculum for Ankeny schools that you need to meet. Here's what you do this day. Here's what you, it's like having a coach, a teacher coach, because I don't know how to homeschool, but I also don't know how to figure out how my kids will react the best. They've worked with tons of kids, right? So they kind of know what's happening. So that's a different type of support that might be the middle of what, you know, would be homeschooling, but homeschooling with like a teacher consultant and then um, actually sending your kids to school. Right. So these are our eight top tips to helping you manage working and balancing back to school in the time of pandemic and COVID-19. We hope this was helpful. If you are watching this on YouTube, we would love for you to leave in the comments if you plan on sending your kids back to school. And if you have a tip that you'd love to share with us as well, or what tip here resonated with you. So make sure to follow us, to subscribe to this channel and leave that comment. And thank you so much. And as always, we're the product boss podcast and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks Thanks, everybody. One last thing before you go, we created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone. Growing your product business is hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening because we truly appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to those of you that have left a positive review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We read every single one of them, including this one from K30. She says, dropping gems. Every time I listen to the product boss, I am motivated to become a product boss. So many gems in each of their sessions and I'm getting my butt to implement them into my business now. Thank you so much for all of the work you put into bringing us value. 
thank you so much for leaving this review. It really, truly means a lot to us. Hey guys, wait, before you go, we want to remind you that we've created this incredible masterclass. It is totally free. It is our pivot and sell masterclass where we are going to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. You do not want to miss this. It's totally free. So Mina, where should they go? Go to pivotandsell.com and you guys can get that free masterclass and get started on creating a plan to boost your sales right now.